The views expressed and the opinions given by their guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Odyssey Files hosts, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Hey, this is Mike Couch from Lost Limbs Foundation. Make sure you check out Mike and Dave on the Odyssey Files because they really need the listeners. Oh! Kim, what are you doing? Well, I'm telling Mike and Dave, it's time to get on the show. Oh, well, the Odyssey Files starts now. paranormal community it is seven o'clock and as i watch myself float around the screen you are listening to the odyssey files i'm your host michael o'neill with me as always looking bright and cheerful or at least very bright is my co-host mr david soaring good evening dave good evening mike how are you Ooh, ah i got an instant tan <laughs> are you kidding me you've never looked I'm... paler no Blue? <laughs> sure. We'll go with why, blue. Yeah. Why sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's fall time. It's gonna. I'm going to be pale in the fall time. Although I didn't have a killer tan this summer anyway. But I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Actually, I have what? some something strange to discuss tonight. Interesting. Something like, like something that happened. Yeah, that happened to me. So. Okay. You want to do that now? But good. Good day of football yesterday. Although the Bears got trounced, so well, that's always a good day. Yeah, well, you can't give Tom Brady the ball from your, you know, on your side of the fifty five times in a row from turnovers and expect him not to score a ton of points. <laughs> so anyway, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> but it was it was a good day of football yesterday, so that was cool. The weather's been nice, been good. Falls here, settled in. Falls here, yeah. So yeah. we could, yeah, yeah, we we could definitely discuss it now. Um, so. So I'm asleep last night, sleeping great. I wake up at 317 for absolutely no reason, right? No energy change in the room, don't feel anything, you know, nothing, right? I just wake up. So I'm like, okay. So I'm laying there kind of still tired, obviously, you know. I've been sleeping for about three hours. And uh, I'm kind of tossing and turning, tossing and turning. I didn't have to pee. And then finally, it's I look over at the clock, it's 343. And I'm like, fine, now I got to pee. So I get up, walk across the hallway, I pee, rinse my hands, get a drink of water. I walk back in, lay back down. And right when I lay down, I look back over the clock. It was 3.54. Okay. So like, so somehow it, it, it doesn't take me 11 minutes to pee. So I don't, I don't know. It's almost like I lost a little bit of time there because I timed it today. It took me three minutes. To pee, wash my hands, get a drink of water. I did it twice today. Timed it both times. It took me three minutes. Last night, it took me 11. Maybe maybe you fell asleep while washing your hands. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Just... It was weird. Hmm. That's interesting. It was strange. It, it was strange enough that I was up for... Then I was up. 
Because I'm like, how the hell did that just take me 11 minutes? Then my brain fired up, you know, and I laid there until 6 o'clock this morning trying to figure it out. I got to say, that was a little anticlimactic. Like, if it would have been like three well, hours or something, or like if you would have looked over the clock and it was like 5.40, you know, 5.50 or something like that, and you had lost like an hour. Yeah, and I lost like two hours, yeah. I, I, I definitely would have said you were abducted. Um, yeah. In which case, you'd be moving out quickly. Yeah, well, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I wasn't abducted. I'm just—it's weird that I lost 11 minutes. Maybe, maybe they have gotten so efficient in abducting people and doing what they need to do that now it only takes 11 minutes. You know, or it—it's like I don't know. Five, it's like it's like six-minute abs. You know, sooner or later somebody comes out with five-minute abs. So now exactly. so we have the aliens in like the 80s and 90s who were takes 2 3 hours out of your life to abduct you. Right. Now they can now they right. can do it in, in 10 minutes. We'll have to ask our friend Doug how long he gets taken for. <laughs> and see see what he says. See if he's had any like less than 15 minute or like 12 to 15 minute time lapses where he's like what the hell I just thought it was strange, so I thought I'd mention it. So, because I, I have not, I think I, I that, that's the first time I've ever noticed that I've lost time. So, I don't know. So I, um, so I thought I, I'd mention it. It's Halloween, I, I, that the month true. of weirdness. I am uh, messaging Doug, see if we can get an answer during the show. If recently he's okay. ever lost, ever lost ten minutes of time. Yeah. Just to see if see if something like that has happened. And then tonight, uh, while Mike's doing that, obviously we're going to be continuing <laughs> our Midwest, uh, our Midwest urban legends. Well, we're not continuing. Got the some Midwest good stories. We're we're we're, we're well, we're still we're doing we're continuing urban legends, right? Sorry, yeah, yeah. With, and, with do, the and coming into the Midwest, yeah. And oh, then we got oh. some good stories, some interesting ones. Yeah, I, I as I was reading them. I I got down to like number four and I'm like, Dave, you're baiting me. Like that's the only thing that I can come up with for, for, for somebody is you're, you, you're just baiting me. Like you, you're, you read these and you're like, Mike's going to lose his shit when he reads this question or he gets a chance to answer this question. Let's put that in there just to see how aggressive and, and detrimental to human society he'll, he'll, B. Come on now. Do would I do that? Yeah. Yeah, you would. In a heartbeat. And I think you have, <laughs> which is why you choose like cats cat stories and stuff like that. Well, cat stories are just fun because of your love for cats. <laughs> your love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um uh. But uh, yeah, so But there but there's some good some good ones this week. I mean there's some short ones. They're not long this week. But they no, cover they cover a decent broad spectrum of of stuff. So I think so. I mean, some of these are, um, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, some of these are good. Some of these are. I just want to throttle the people that uh, give them give them a good thrashing uh, for for even writing these in. And we've had these questions before too. So that's, yeah, some of them. Yeah, that that's how I know you're 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 setting me up here. <laughs> so, 
I'm uh, not really I'm not really intentionally setting you up, but uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, why don't we get to we'll, it? We'll see how they go. So, yeah, yeah, since we have we have seven tonight, so we do. Um, yes, so let's let's hit it. So number one, if ghosts are real, why aren't there more of them? Which is a question that we have had uh, before. Um, yeah, but th- it gets better because of what he says after the initial, que- like the initial broad question. Right. So he- he- here's what this person wrote it. I had this conversation at work the other day and haven't really found an answer I'm satisfied with yet. The sheer number of people throughout history that have died should mean that everywhere should be pretty haunted, right? Even if the chances are, even if the chances of any given person becoming a ghost when they die is incredibly low, the billions of people that have died so far would mean that these beings would would be relatively common, right? Something else that kind of makes me scratch my head is that ancient ghosts seem to not exist. Like, why don't we see more caveman spirits or ancient Greek or Roman spirits? It seems like the vast majority of spirits that look human uh, always look like they have died within the past couple hundred of, of years at most. Why is this the case? So I'm just going to start out by saying uh, I do believe that pretty much everywhere is haunted, but that doesn't mean that everywhere is active. Like I think that there's a huge difference between spirits being present and spirits being present and active. And uh, I have gone back to this story many times. Dave, you know it. Hell, you were there. Of us having a meeting in my living room when when I lived over in Woodbury and kept seeing the the you know one of the two mediums that were on the team at the time and there continually look into my kitchen. Uh-huh. And 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 finally I was just like what are you looking at? She's like oh there's there's just this nice lady that is sitting in the kitchen. You know, she she likes the way your kitchen looks. And I thought for for a second there that you know maybe it was my mother because my mother had passed away by that time. And right. so I asked that question. I'm like is it is it my mom? And she's like, no, she's just passing through. And I'm like, oh, well, okay then. Thank you for liking my kitchen, I guess. And we went on with the meeting. Well, I asked, like, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes later. I'm like, is she still there? She's like, no, she's gone. You know, she 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 left. And I I would definitely, I am interested in this. I don't know how we would go about it if you could even do it while you're alive. I would love to see what you know if the veil was lifted like mm-hmm. like how many spear how many people would be on the other side of it just walking around going in and out of houses you know doing doing whatever it is they want to do um that they do on on that side i mean i would not doubt for a second that there is some sort of other civilization i guess if you want to call it that on the other side of the veil. And it's just whether they're able to be active or not on this side is the difference. Now, whether, and also not every, not every person that dies becomes a ghost. 
you know, there's right. probably probably billions of people who have moved on and then come back and then died again and then moved on and then came back. Um, if you want to obviously uh, believe in the the thing of reincarnation, and so yeah, I I definitely think that there are tons and tons of spirits out there, billions. I don't know, but. They're definitely there. It's just whether they interact with the living or not is the question. Now, ancient Greek or Roman spirits, caveman spirits. I would think that in the thousands, if not millions of years. Although, when did cave? When did we start to? When did cavemen exist? Was it 60,000 years ago? Something like that? I guess. Yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know, but. They're back at the dinosaur time, so. Well, they're after the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are gone before humans ever became humans. No, the cavemen hunted dinosaurs. No, they didn't. Yeah, they co-inhabited the earth. I don't think so. For a while. Mm -mm. No, they didn't. Look that up, Dave. So, anyway. All right, I'm going to look it up. That's that's a moot point, but go ahead. Um, Right, yeah, exactly. Go ahead with your thought. I would think that after the the thousands and thousands and thousands of years that not only would those spirits have figured out how to move on by then. I mean, because if you, if you, if you ask Cena, our friend Cena, she's been able to teach spirits how to grow. So child spirits can grow up to be teenage spirits. <laughs> I don't know how much I, 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 buy into that but you know maybe other people can can confirm that that is uh something that exists but i do know that spirits can learn especially if they're intelligent now if you're talking about residual type energies i would think by now cavemen spirits greek roman anything that was thousands of years ago that would probably have dissipated by now like I, I do not think limestone and quartz and granite can hold thousands of years of memories as well, obviously, as it can hundreds of years. So I think that's probably why we only see spirits in the last couple hundred years is just because anything that goes way back in ancient times, that energy is either dissipated and become something else or they figured out how to how to move on. That's it. So, so yeah. um, dinosaurs became extinct about sixty five million years ago. Modern humans have only been in existence for some three hundred and fifty thousand years. Uh, Which apolo- that sounds apology accepted. That sounds long to me. Well, no, because actually, well, that's this one guy's answer. But this guy's tag and his thing is death is the end of life. As the end of life, there's nothing beyond a period. So I don't take anything that he has to say worth a grain of salt anyway. Uh, but it says popular culture frequently represents cavemen as living with or alongside dinosaurs, even though non-avian dinosaurs became extinct at the end of the Cretaceous period, 66 million years before the emergence of the Homo sapiens species. So that's probably why my mind went there is because that's that's how they're represented as the two living together. So I don't know. Well, well, well you grew that's where up my, that's where my mind went. So you, you grew up watching the Flintstones. Yeah, I did. So, <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, so um, right. So 
You were right. There's there is a spread of time there. Um, I I like this question. Uh, I agree with you on the first half of it. I think that you know we hear it all the time is that there's multiple dimensions, you know, and not just two or three. That there's potentially millions of different slices of dimensions. And I think depending on what happens after you die that if you don't immediately go up to heaven or you don't go back into like the recycle pot uh, to get brought back, that you might end up going into a specific spot, you know, as like a transitional step. And so assuming that some of the theories that we've entertained are potentially correct, you could you could have all these spirits. There could be billions of, of spirits, billions of ghosts, but they're all spread out amongst these hundreds of thousands or millions of layers of dimensions. And so overcrowding at that point wouldn't be an issue if that's the case. You know, so just a thought. Um, but I did like, the reason I really like this question is because I've never ever heard a report of somebody seeing a caveman mm-hmm. or seeing, you know, like Caesar or seeing any of the great Roman leaders or seeing Cleopatra. Um, you know, I've never, I've never heard, you know, King Tut, like I've never heard of anybody ever witnessing a famous past person like that. And so I wonder if that made me think, I wonder if there's not some sort of cutoff, to like how long your energy stays potentially active on this on our plane before it's moved someplace else, you know, and that maybe it is just a couple hundred years, and then maybe your energy changes somehow, maybe it gets wore down, you know, maybe it's still there, but it's not as strong as it once was, and so maybe that's the then maybe at that point you transition to another one of these planes, you know, or or maybe. A lot of the ancient peoples uh, just moved on permanently, mm-hmm. and they, they, you know, and they're not like their spirits never stayed around in the first place. Like they just, poof, they were gone, you know. And so then their spirit wouldn't be here, so you wouldn't have the potential of seeing them. But I thought that was a good question for that. That that's what really caught my eye was the fact that I've never heard of anybody seeing like anybody famous. I'm like, why don't they ghost hunt? You know, why don't you go paranormal investigating in, well, and you probably, maybe you can't, but like in the pyramids? Or why don't you go to some of the ancient ruins and set up equipment? You know what I mean? And set up cameras and infrared cameras and one of those photon, uh, you know, those super fancy cameras. And, and set up a grid and spend a weekend there at night or overnights when it's quiet and see what happens. I don't know that anybody has, and maybe you can't do it. Maybe there's a reason why it hasn't happened is because maybe the governments don't allow you to do it. You know, maybe they shut the sites down, like, and they're like, no. Well, this, this wasn't anything uh, that was a paranormal-type investigation, but I do know that there was a report... I can't remember exactly when it was. I think I read it in 2020. Uh, So it was either 
earlier that year, maybe back into 2019. But I know, I believe it was the Great Pyramid. Um, they they had like a thermal going, and in the very bottom of the pyramid, a place that they couldn't get to, uh, they couldn't figure out how to get there at, at that point in time. But they were picking up like heat signatures in the bottom of the pyramid where people hadn't been in. I remember that. You know, like right. thousands of years. Uh, I think right. we might have we might have talked about it during our, you know, the Great Pyramids uh, show. Right. And I've, right. I've never I've never seen an update uh, from that. But I mean, I don't I don't know obviously what what that is. I mean, it's it wasn't an animal like it's not moving and no. stuff like no. that. And it was it looked like it was big, like it was like a maybe like a cavern or like a tomb or a room or something like that. Exactly. And if I remember right, yeah. You know, it's it's I honestly just think that after so long I don't know if there's so much a cutoff as like, oh, I've been around for 200 years, you know, I'm gone. Like, I, I just think that you either learn how to move on um, or whatever is supplying you that energy, it just fizzes out. Like, it just stops being able to to contain you. You know, whatever it is, I have no Basically. idea. So basically what we're saying potentially is if after a couple hundred years, if you're dragging your feet and can't get your shit together, the great almighty power orb draws your little tiny speck grain of sand power energy cell back home and is like, look, I gave you a couple hundred years. I can't help it that you can't figure shit out in 200 years. You know, you're back into the, you know, you're back home, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I don't know All if right. I would exactly phrase it like that, but I, yeah, that's, I, I, that's where I'm going. Right. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it so much past that though. I, I, I just think that spirits over time, even if they're trapped in some sort of loop, somehow figure out what is going on after so long. Not everybody that's at the same pace, but. Uh, either that or if it's residual, you know, that whatever stone, whatever light force, whatever's containing it and making it go off disappears and and stops being able to to hold it. Kind of would make sense, I guess, if you think about it, because, you know, the when you hear people talk about seeing people in old attire, it's some of like the a lot, especially on the East Coast. You know, because it was settled a lot earlier than the rest of the New World was. Um, you hear a lot of the stories of, you know, I saw a person in period dress look like about mid-1800s, you know, and that would make sense, right? Mid-1800s, it'd be 150 years ago, 170 years ago. Victorian You know, you don't era, really hear somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't hear somebody say, well, I saw somebody who looked like they were from the 1400s. You know, or I saw somebody who looked like they were from the 1600s. Like, I never hear that either. Like, I never hear, I don't even know, like, I'd have to look up and see what people wore, like, clothing-wise in the 1400s, you know. But um, but I still, I've never heard that. I've never heard somebody say, yeah, we were on this incredible investigation. The place was active as hell. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, this lady materializes in front of me. And she was, like, from 1420. It was absolutely incredible. 
You know, never heard it. So, you know, I but keep in mind though, at least for us over here. I mean, this may be something that you know over in ancient, you know, I should say ancient Scotland, but like Scotland, Ireland, you know, where they have castles still from the 14th century, sure. the from 1400s. the 1400s, yep. yeah, 1400s right. to 1200s. You know, right. they might actually encounter spirits that old, but. Here, I mean, obviously, Columbus didn't come over to 1492. You know, then we really didn't have much civilization until the 1600s. Right. You know, so, I mean, right there, we're already looking at a couple, you know, obviously, it's now like 400 years. But um, but you still don't hear somebody say, I saw somebody and they look like they just got off the pilgrim ship. No, no, you don't. Right. I mean, like, I've never heard that either. That's a good question, though. We should keep that in mind for the next time we have Barry on is to ask yes. him about, do they see spirits, like talk about the age of spirits and talk about this potential theory again, re, you know, readdress it, and then ask him if on his side of the pond, if that is something that they see, do they see people, maybe they see old kings, you know, dressed in their, their robes or like knights of the round table in full metal jousting armor or something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out though. Good question for him. Agreed. So, all right, let's move on. Number two, sightings of mermaids or non or sentient. Okay, sightings of mermaids or sentient non-human creatures. Have you seen them? What are your experiences? Uh, the question is: I've always loved mermaids, and recently I have been researching folklore and various alleged sightings. I'm not sure if mermaids exist, but I do think there's a possibility of an underwater society with sentient non-humans that have their own culture language, and governance. After all, the sea covers more than 70% of the earth, and we live on the remaining 30%. If 7 billion plus humans can exist on 30% of earth, surely some form of sentient life is present in the remaining 70%. Have you ever seen a mermaid, or have you ever interacted with one? What are your theories on underwater societies? Um, good question. Uh, reminds me right off the top of my head, I think it was discovery years and years ago they had this documentary it was actually a mockumentary but they actually didn't present it as that did you ever see that one called mermaid okay so they got really creative with the cgi stuff and they actually had this like people who were on vacation in this one spot off of the uk somewhere and they were like filming the beaches and talking and there were multiple camera angles and multiple different witnesses. And there were two legitimate mermaids were laying on a rock that was like kind of barely out in the water, like a big flat rock that was out in the water a little bit that were like basically sunning themselves and laying on the rock. And it looked because of the way they did it, it looked like these things were real, like legitimately. You know, but they didn't look like the mermaids that we would think of, like the, you know, beautiful sirens that would lure the guys over the edge of ships, cause them to wreck on reefs, stuff like that. They looked kind of like a half. I'm almost going to say it's like something out of the creature of the Black Lagoon on the top half a little bit. Maybe not quite that scaly and creepy looking, but something similar into that neighborhood. And then the and then like the fish bottom. And there were two of them, and they flipped off of the rock and back into the water. And so they put out this big search for them and everything. And the whole hour-long thing, 
it was pretty interesting. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, holy shit! You know, they they, they actually somebody actually saw a mermaid, and they had it for about for about a month before they finally admitted that it was a, mo- a mockumentary. You know, and like everybody got pissed off. <laughs> but uh, but I thought it was pretty good, and so that made me think of that right when I read this story. So I have never seen anything remotely to resemble what I would consider to be a mermaid. Um, I know they used to mistake sea cows for mermaids, um, you know, because they're just kind of slow moving and they're big and they've got, you know, they've got kind of like a walrusy, big chubby cheek face and, and they're gentle. Um, and so people that would sail into those warm waters off of Florida and into the, you know, uh, Caribbean ocean would, um, see things that they hadn't seen before and they would see potentially see sea cows and they would be like, holy shit, what is that? You know? And then of course, wild stories would erupt from there. I kind of can get behind the concept of how can there not be some other intelligent life encompassing 70% of the ocean. And the fact that we as mankind, I think have only discovered if I remember off the top of my head, six or 7%, of the ocean. That's all we've explored is six to 7% of the ocean. So who's to say that there isn't something out there? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, but I think somewhere down the road, if we make a bigger push towards that, I think that we might discover some pretty amazing things that are hiding out in the ocean. And I think alien bases might potentially be one of them too. So nice way to throw that in there. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's, I think that that's out there. For certain. Well, I mean, but I, I guess technically, theories about I mean, could a mermaid potentially be an, a, an alien? Absolutely. Right. I mean, could some of those sightings, some of those sightings, have been some sort of alien species? You know, that I think that's potential. I, I wouldn't throw that out. I mean, I would say I'm not sure that that's the case, but I certainly would throw it out as a potential hypothesis, and you know, and, and kind of run with it if there was a way to kind of work on that. You know, one of the things that th- th- this question says is, you know, sentient underwater civilizations. They did not say, you know, that were that originated here on Earth. I mean, when you talk right. about when you talk about alien bases and, and whatnot, like I, I think wholeheartedly that, you know, there, there's some sort of civilization of extraterrestrial type type stuff going on life form yeah. yeah right that that have you know for whatever their purpose here is is you know it, it is hiding in the ocean because we it is a big ass ocean <laughs> i mean that is right. a lot of water and um i think it, even if, even if sequest suddenly existed like we actually made one and just it would still take us probably hundreds of years to like actually search the entire ocean and god yes i mean and and we're talking things that like the 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 great octopus or whatever that you know that was the giant squid the giant squid that's what it was you know um you know that was what 10 years ago 12 years ago something like that i mean it was very recent when that they got the one off of Japan, I remember that that the that they were doing filming something else totally, mm-hmm. and 
that that one showed up and and they got great shots of it. And then they got the one on the boat that I think had, I don't remember if it got caught in a net or if it was, had passed away, but they brought it up onto the deck of that huge ocean vessel. And the thing was massive. I mean, it was gigantic. And I think right. Doug actually filmed one somewhere. Our friend yes. Doug, again, who yeah. we're just waiting to hear back on how long his abduction times are. <laughs> Yeah, but I so think he did. I think he was part of a team who uh, who had filmed the giant squid too. He definitely was. No answer yet, though. So okay, I'll, I'll continually check throughout the uh, throughout the show. Throughout but, the show, okay. Yes, but I mean, if we can go this long without finding something that huge that is mobile, like I, I definitely think, like in the middle of nowhere, that there is some sort of there could definitely be some sort of civilization or some creature, whatever it's fish, whether it just learned how to breathe underwater or what that could exist without us knowing it, you know, for the people who I guess believe in the theory of evolution, you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine that with all of the species that earth has, that were the only ones to evolve this far. So, I mean, it's definitely, I think it's definitely possible. How likely? I, I've, I don't know. I think you get down into some of those trenches, God knows what you'll find, you know, that go down miles and miles. Yep. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, I remember this is going back now, probably 20 years ago, where they went to this like part of the ocean that was like this really highly volcanic area and that like that like new volcanoes were underground and then they were talking about how it's creating new land mass when it pushes up high enough and blah 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 and they were talking about the gases down there that form with that and how the get how that that gas is so toxic and poisonous like nothing can exist it's like the dead sea down there right and so they send one of those underwater rover cameras down there and it's cruising around and you see all these like these kind of tube worm looking things and all this like bubbles of gas coming out of there. And it's got this kind of sickish yellow uh, greenish color to it, you know, and it's this toxic methane or whatever. And it's bubbling out of there. And the next thing you know, the thing turns, this rover turns, and there's a whole group of shrimp down on the bottom, like running around scurrying, <laughs> looking for food. And they're totally transparent white. They got this like funky white glow to them. And they're like, oh, my God, how did these exist? So now they find this one little thing. They put together a, a, like a, a little bit of a crew. Like, a, you know, they get some funding for it. They go down and start filming some of this stuff, and they found like 30-some species. Fish, you know, uh, crustaceans, mollusks that are all living in this environment that, that we considered from what we knew of it to be toxic and that it was the Dead Sea and there was absolutely no way life could live there. And we go down there and find 30-some species of different things that are surviving in that environment, which is amazing. And it's an, again, and that's just one little speck of sand in the ocean. You know what I mean? Well, I size mean, wise, the thing that is, is a constant for, for all life here in it, whether it's, it's human, whether it's bear fish, doesn't, doesn't matter. We adapt to our environment in some way and right you know and i think that a lot of the times and i think that this obviously is human arrogance is we think that we're the only ones that can do that 
And for some reason, we are shocked when we find animals are able to do that as well. And I I definitely think that there are there are going to be species of, of animals that we will find when I have no idea, but we will find that have adapted to that type of an environment that we didn't think was possible, whether it's the depth of the sea, whether it's the toxicity of it, uh, you know, whatever, but animals, same as us can adapt to any environment that, that they're in. And from there, they're going to grow. I'm just waiting until we find another dinosaur, you know, like, like champ, let's just say Loch Ness. Like yeah, Nessie? or Champ or Loch Ness. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking that out in the ocean somewhere, like I would not be surprised if you get into some of those cold, like the Bering Sea or something like that. That is a huge, rich food environment of all those crabs and all those scallops that they pull out of there. Hundreds of millions, if not billions of pounds of seafood every year. I would not be surprised if something prehistoric didn't adapt to those waters that didn't get killed off during the Ice Age. And it's just like has created their own little pod of self-sustaining, you know, prehistoric beings, you know, sea serpents, whatever. You know, every once in a while you get what appears to be a somewhat legitimate looking glimpse of something. You know, you, you never quite catch it all the way, but you get this like, you know, some good eyewitness accounts and stuff like that. But all right. So we're getting off tangent. Let's get back to let's get back to the questions because I want to get down to a couple that are on the bottom there. All right. Uh, possible past life experience. This person wrote it. So I woke up the other day from a dream where I was a sailor. As I woke up and got out of bed, I was humming a hymn about, about tying ropes and producing certain knots. I could feel the sun hitting my face and the salt from the water uh, was on my lips. I was being trained on how to tie ropes uh, for the sails by a crew of sailors. I am not a boat person whatsoever. I'm a tow truck driver. I stay home most weekends and I've never sailed a day in my life. My sister passed away a year and a half ago and her and my family has a, have a history of being empaths. Growing up, she would always claim to experience we, weird things similar to this. Voices and past life experiences, etc. etc. Uh, I have always been skeptical, but this felt so real. And the fact that I was humming a hymn about ropes and how to twist them to get a certain type of knot for certain sails, etc., is what really puzzles me. Anyone else have a similar experience? First, I just want to point out, uh, I think he has the wrong definition of empath. In, you know, in, empaths are, are kind of more of a, a reading energy, you know, feeling emotions. Right. I think what right. he's talking about obviously is like psychic ability where he's able to tap into, you know, past lives and right. Uh, and, I would agree. And, stu- and stuff like that. So I just wanted to start with that, but um, I do people have similar experiences. Oh yeah. All the time, all the time. Um, and was this one of them? I mean, who's really to say? I mean, could it be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a, in a past life, or maybe in a in a, a different dimension. I mean, you were dreaming. So, I mean, the things that we dream in the places that we go while we dream are you know 
are limitless. And I, I definitely think, and I can say this for my like personal, um, you know, my, myself personally, that I, I, I definitely think that when you dream, you have the possibility of crossing over to different dimensions. And, you know, whether it's astral projection or, or not. But I, I definitely think that I have had dreams and either one, I'm just kind of watching, like kind of like that fly that's buzzing around or like I, I'm my own little drone. And then other ones where I'm POV, you know, point of view where it's me and I'm doing stuff that I've never done. And, and but I, I'm, I'm me. It's not like I'm me from like another life. I just think that maybe I crossed over to a different version of this world, you know, dimension 75 or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And then when you wake up, you come back. Now, do you retain some memories? I think so. But I I think in this case, for sure, probably a past life just because you're retaining it so well. Um, I think there's a difference between I saw this in a dream and when I woke up, I knew a whole bunch of, of, of new stuff, you know, like tying the knots, these hymns. That just seems to me like something this person actually lived before and knew very well. And and now for, for maybe it's probably because of his abilities, uh, was able to retain that uh, when when he went back to relive it. That's all I got. I... Uh, I- yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think this is a legitimate past life experience. I mean, just the way he's talking about how he wakes up and he's tying knots and learning about different types of rope and he's got the salt from the water on his lips and he can like, t- I could see him like waking up and lick his lips and like it tastes like salt water. Um, and, and to see the crew of sailors that are training him, um, I'm not sure that this has anything to do with the sister passing away. I don't think it does. I think this could be a latent ability that he's always had. And just for some reason, it just either he doesn't remember uh, his past lives. So, you know, like he has some past life reoccurring type of stuff and just never stuck with him for whatever reason. Or maybe he's a late bloomer and this is like this is the start of his journey. I don't know. But I would I would say that uh, I would say that this is probably one of the best past better past life experience stories or write-ins that I've seen. Um, and I think that's what it was. I totally think it was. So that's all I got. All right. Number four, we've addressed this already, but I know people that still talk about this. And so I'm, this, we're bringing this, it back up. This so, is why, this is why I say you're baiting me. No, I wasn't baiting you with this one. I brought, only reason I put this one in here is because I still know people who have asked me stuff like this or similar questions, and I'm like, no. So, hello. So I was wondering that if I watch a horror movie with paranormal activities in it and all, will demons or ghosts come to my place? I mean, will it make them feel like I am opened about them? I want to watch more horror movies, but this question is stopping me from doing it. So, again, and I know we've talked about this in the past, so I'm not trying to be redundant, but uh, no, you are. You have nothing to worry about watching a horror movie. Number one, horror movies are make-believe. They're made up. Even if they're based on a true-life story, they're still make-believe. They're Hollywooded. It's CGI. It's blue screen, green screen, whatever. 
um, actresses, great makeup artists. Um, a lot of horror movies now have jump scares. Um, how you can you can make your own horror movie with jump scares and probably scare the crap out of yourself just as well as some movies that are out there that you got to wait an hour and a half to see if you're going to get scared or not. Um, so no, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about at all. I think if you want to watch horror movies because you're a horror movie fan and you're afraid that you're going to invite paranormal activity in your house because you're watching horror movies, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. That's all I got. So that is the professional version of that answer. Yeah, it is the professional answer. Yeah. So I'm good for the professional answer. You're good for the off the cuff answer. <laughs> here's my answer. Okay. Stop being idiots. Okay. Get your head examined. Pull your head out of your ass and think for yourself here. Okay. No. If you watch a horror movie, if you watch a paranormal TV show, whatever, you're not inviting spirits into your house just by watching it. Now, if your question was, I did a Ouija board session while I was watching Paranormal Activity or watching Kindred Spirits or watching Ghost Nation, will that invite spirits into my house? Yes, absolutely it will. But again, that's because you're stupid. Because you shouldn't be doing that shit. So, that's, I'm just going to end that there. I know it's a little harsh. A little harsh. But honestly, there's no gray area here. Stop. Stop with the nonsense. Like that's ridiculous and ludicrous. And you should have your, you should be bonked on the head. Like this is one of those, like when somebody's going nuts and you have to smack them across the face, you know, so they come back into themselves. Oh, they're going hysterical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Th this is what that is. Like you need to be smacked in the mouth because this question, keeping people from watching horror movies or worried that they, if they watch like a paranormal TV show, that all of a sudden demons are going to be in their house. It, it makes me sad. Right. It, it, it breaks my heart. You know, I, I'm just going to, I don't even know how to do this and I'm going to try like, like it just, did I do that right? I don't even know. But I don't know. Good enough. <laughs> I, I got the gist of what you were trying to do. Right. It 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 makes me cr it, it makes me cry at night. Okay. And I would like to reserve my tears for other things. So that are more important. Right. Right. So just stop it. Stop it, everybody. Stop being dumb. I know that's hard. Okay. Easier easier said than done. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, number five, possessed or influenced pets. Has anyone here ever experienced a situation where your pet was possessed or influenced by a malevolent spirit or being? Or who was affected more deeply by something paranormal than the rest of the family? An investigator friend of mine told me about a few cases she'd worked on, and now I'm really curious to hear more. She definitely was referring to animals that were possessed or affected by spirits that reacted to prayer, etc. So, this is an interesting question. Um, I have never heard of an animal being affected, like, from a demonic force or from a negative force or anything like that. 
I know pets get scared. A, a pet will react to energy changes in the house. They definitely do that. Um, they definitely can sense energy shifts. They can sense if something's there, even if they can't necessarily see it. I mean, I, there are, I've had cases where I've seen it happen. I've, I've witnessed it happen myself. I've seen my own dogs do it. Um, cats, I don't know. Cats are just nuts. So cats have great eyesight. They might just see a spider climbing on the wall that you can't see and it grabs their attention. So they stare at it and start meowing. But cats are also sensitive, so I'm not knocking them completely out of the ballpark here. But I would more rely – I'm a dog guy, so I would more rely on dogs. Um, but that said, I have never even heard this question asked in all of my years in the paranormal. And I've been around and involved in the paranormal a long, long time and talked to a ton of people and read a ton of books. And I have never, ever heard of a pet getting possessed. Unless maybe like Pet Cemetery, the Stephen King novel, but you know, outside of that, uh, no, no, I just don't see Fido turning around with blazing red eyes and you know, turning into some hideous deformed creature or something like that. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. So, so um, you, you you mentioned cats and their eyesight and everything. I just I just want to point out that should a cat go berserk and like get possessed and start attacking you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyway. So just want to point that out that regardless of whatever happens to a cat, you, you wouldn't know because that's just their personality. Yep. So with that being said, I, I as well have not heard of uh, an animal being possessed. I just, I don't think that it's worth it for any sort of entity to try and possess the animal. Um, but influence, oops, sorry, threw my pen on accident. Um, influenced. Now I think that that can happen because I mean, dogs especially um, are just as sensitive to, especially like human emotions as, as any other animal. I mean, it can sense whether you're happy or sad. I mean, it's able to do this. So if you had some sort of, some type of energy um, that was around you, I think it would probably affect your, your dog more than more than you. Just because I think they're that sensitive to it. Um, so, I mean, just... Oh, I think dogs, dogs feel fear. There's no doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. Like dogs will feel fear. I mean, yeah, they, they carry a lot of emotions. That's why a lot of people think that, like, dogs are, you know, like past people's amazing. lives. Oh, okay. Well, dogs are amazing. Yes. but Yes, they are. So Some people have taken it a little bit too outside with dogs. And, you know, just, just, just a tad. Putting them, in their, putting them in their purse and, you know, feeding them $1,000 plate of food and, yeah. Yep. But it, anyway. It, it, yeah. So I digress. Yeah. Uh, possess no influenced. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my answer since we're, we're, we're doing the speed speed round now. Well, I like these last two questions. So I like that one too, because I've never seen a question like that before. Right. So, and I think, did we switch off? No. Did I read that last one? You read the last one. I read the last mine. one. 
You took mine. It was five. Way to go, bozo. So I'm going to take yours. All right. Now. Well, you can do you can do six because six is a good question. So <laughs> I don't think it's a good question, but that's okay. Uh, can particle can particle accelerators or laser beams affect ghosts? Would a particle accelerators would a particle accelerators or disruptors yeah. and even lasers or UV flashlight affect a ghost? Would these things affect an incorporeal being? <laughs> atomic or subatomic <laughs> properties that can be altered and affected by outside forces and man-made objects. Holy mother of God. I've never, <laughs> this I've is ne- part of the brain show question. I, I've, I have never experienced so many syllables in such a small, small paragraph. Holy mother. Exactly. Of God. Okay. Now, obviously, spirits ghosts are energy so anything that is meant to affect energy is going to affect them can a uv flashlight affect a ghost yes they can they can take that uh they can take that beam and get the energy from it um particle accelerators i don't know how oh sorry you were gonna say something no, well, I was just going to say with you, remember for a while there, we were using UV flashlights because there was a theory out there that uh, that it was supposedly that it was attractive to spirits for some reason, that the UV light was attractive. So I bought those little UV flashlights that we used to use. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess I don't know. It's hard to, to do the quantitative test of, you know, did it attract them or didn't attract them. But, I mean, we had activity at the locations we used them at, so possibly did it you know did it work i don't know i like uv flashlights you know i I can get behind that theory of of uv light attracting spirits i don't know why i just one of those things that i can climb on board of uh i honestly don't know either way um i've i have had activity obviously where no uv light was done i've used uv lights and had nothing happen um i you know, just the same as I've thrown out like the super EM pump that, you know, throws out EM, you know, energy at 120, uh, you know, 120.7 right. or, 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 you know, pegs the mel and have absolutely nothing happen. I mean, it's, it, right. it's still, it's still something that needs to be experimented with and on. And um, I have not, uh, I've not done it enough to form a conclusion. But I mean anything, anything that is here, whether it's in, incorporeal beings that have atomic and subatomic properties, particle accelerators or disruptors, even le- like I just go back to Doctor Evil. I'm like, I want freaking laser beams. Like that's just what this question right. is to. I'm sorry, right. but but I mean it's any right. de- any device that is meant to change the energy of a location or a small area or whatever is going to affect a ghost positively or negative because that's what they are, you know? So, yeah, I mean, but like if you had like a Star Trek phaser, you know, I probably not. I can't see that affecting spirits whatsoever. No. I couldn't either. And and as far as, and I'm with you, as far as particle accelerators or disruptors, I don't know. Is that even practical to take something that dangerous out in the field? I, you know, I, I don't know. 
But I, I liked this. I liked this question for more so the lasers and the UV flashlight because we've used those both. And I will say this. All right. So on two separate occasions, um, I have used my laser grid. I've used it a lot more than two times. But in these two particular times, I turned on my laser. We were having activity. We were seeing shadows both times. I turned on my laser grid to kind of grid the hallway to see if the, if, if the shadow would show up in the hallway. And the person that I was with goes, holy shit, you just cleared the whole room. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, that when you turn that laser on, she said, Everybody that was kind of on the outskirts of the area that were kind of like coming towards us, they were kind of warming up to us to kind of come in and maybe participate with us more actively. She said, as soon as you turn that on, she said, they had no idea what the hell that thing was and they were gone. She goes, I, they're like nowhere around anymore at all. <laughs> like you just cleaned the whole place, man. And I'm like, well, shit, you know, I didn't say that. I used the F-bomb, but I'm like, well, that obviously react that was not the reaction i was looking for you know and then um when we were in uh iowa i think we were at the grand opera house and i was with chris at that event and i was and i had chris and the people that were with him we were sitting on the stage while chris was messing around with his itc stuff and one of the guys had saw my laser grid earlier because I was messing around with it. He goes, you know, that's really cool. Can I see it? And so I gave it to him and we were kind of messing around with it. And we saw balcony up there. We saw like what appeared to be kind of shadow play moving around in the seats. And Uh the laser grid on and he turned it. Yeah. You froze. So, Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't freeze, but obviously we did. So we turned the laser grid on and um, just to see if we could light up that area. And Chris stopped what he was doing and he said, he looks over and he kind of looks up in the, in the stands, you know, up in the seats and he, and he sits there for a second and, and then he looks over at me and he says, you know, that laser just cleaned out the whole auditorium. He goes, they had no idea what that thing was and they weren't sure if it was going to hurt him or not. And it just moved everybody out. So, um, Yep, froze, mate. So I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if if lasers are I, – I think the concept behind them is cool. But maybe they have – maybe they – sometimes maybe they have the wrong effect. Well, you know, I, mean, I don't use mine as much anymore after this these last couple of experiences. I find myself using mine less. Well, I mean, keep, keep so, in mind, we, we say this all the time, is, you know – it might be something that you've never seen before. You know, it's not going to like, we try to explain to them that as weird as whatever right. this device is going to be, uh, it's not going to hurt you, you know? So, if, but if you, if you were to not do that and turn on the laser grid or turn on the millimeter or turn on any piece of equipment um, without explaining that it's not going to hurt them, they might assume that it's there to hurt them. Um, and they're going to they're going to get the hell out of there. So I mean, if you did this laser grid without predicating it to this isn't going to hurt you, I I would book it out of there too. Yeah, I did not predicate it either time on those two instances. But according to Brian, spirits are totally up to speed on everything that we carry around with us. I mean, that's what he said. <laughs> 
You know, he said because well, he, he said he said clearly that you know, well, Dave, you know, you can't think that just you know somebody from the 1850s that they're just going to only understand about something from the 1850s. So obviously, he is totally on board with the fact that they're continuing to evolve and learn, and that so if that's true, then they should know what a laser grid is especially in a public location that's been investigated thousands of times or hundreds of times. Yeah. Apparently I keep freezing too. So yeah, well, you're freezing oops. for me too. You froze twice tonight. Your voice really? doesn't, but your video does. Oh, well, as long as everybody can hear my words, that's all that's important. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're moving really slow now. Like you're on an acid trip. So I feel like I'm on a flashback. You're like, you're moving super slow. Yeah. It's almost like you're in a black light type of feeling. <laughs> yeah or a strobe light sorry not a black light strobe light strobe light so yeah. yeah like i said as long as everybody can still hear the genius right. of that's my all that's words, important that's all that's important um so do we want to hit this last one or do you want to do um it's uh it's up to you we can certainly hit it or we can save it for next week let's hit it let let's let's do okay. seven let's get this record down Set the record. You want me to read it or do you want to read it? You go. I just read the last one. All right. Number seven. Can you touch a ghost? I'm watching a haunting, and this guy claims a ghost would visit him every night and come to the bedside. I thought, can you grab them? I mean, if a ghost can touch you, why can't we grab them? I think that's a very good question. Uh, I have tried. I have tried to reach out and touch spirits that have materialized or partial manifestations of spirits floating heads, half a bodies, um, full manifestations where I've, you know, at first, obviously when I first saw my first couple, hell no, I wasn't running over there trying to put my hand in them or grab their arm or whatever. You know, I was more mesmerized by what I was experiencing and trying to understand it. And they only last for, you know, sometimes they feel like a minute, but it isn't, it's like 10 seconds, maybe six seconds, five, whatever. Um, but I have tried to do that. And I will tell you exactly what the result is. And it's the exact same result every single time that I've been able to do it. Even if they've disappeared, the energy signature is still in that location. And every time you put your hand into a, where a spirit was, you feel this very low level vibrational shock. It's this uh, really dull, staticky electricity. And like the best way I can describe it would be, and I know people laugh at this all the time, but if you take a nine volt battery, let's say you got the nine volt batteries and you mm. test it to see if it's getting dead or not, and you stick it on your tongue, right? And it goes, you know, and it either either you go ah, like that because it's full of juice and you're like, yep, she's good, or you put it on your tongue and basically nothing happens, or you get just a little. If it's dying, if it's almost dead, like twenty five percent or less, you get this little tingling sensation in your in your tongue, right, in your nerve ends. That is exactly what it feels like if you try to reach into a spirit manifestation, except it's on your hand, your arm, whatever. That's the sensation that you get. I don't think it's possible that you can actually grab a spirit, no matter how clear the manifestation might be, because their particles aren't arranged the same as ours are anymore. And so you'd never, they're, they're not solid matter like we are. They might look solid but they're not solid. That's how they have the ability to travel and move in and out and stuff like that. Obviously, if you think about it without going into a ton of 
you know, analysis. But they're not solid, sentient beings like we are. Yeah. No, I um, I don't know exactly how that works because, you know, whoever wrote this question is exactly right. Like, they just seem to be able to do all kinds of things to us, but we can't seem to ever do anything to them unless, you know, we do something to the energy itself. You know, right. and, or unless we, you know, invoke religious prayer or, you know, some sort of intent or psychic or emotional barrier that we put up that they their their vibration cannot pass through but right. s- somehow they are able to use their energy and not often i mean this isn't an, a, a a common occurrence but they are able to do something where our senses pick up on them you know they're they're able to scratch our skin they're able to poke us they're able to you know somehow get us to experience what they what they are trying to 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 get get us to do yep but but for whatever reason it's a one-way street and i don't know if i have ever heard of and i i hope one day i do where the the headline on the story is you know local man punches its ghost in face you know some something like that um Gonna start a freaking ghost riot. It's gonna be like a mob war. All of a sudden, you're gonna have a bunch of pissed off ghosts show up some location and just beat the shit out of a bunch of humans. Uh, it wouldn't yeah. be a very good fight. <laughs> no, no. Um, it would be the only um, way you could do that. You, you'd have to trap them, right? So you'd have to somehow take their particles and somehow shoot them with some piece of equipment that would materialize them back into our plane and make them solid again. And therefore, then you could grab them and put them in a cage, like what I want to do to the demon that made my life so pleasant. Now that is what you need the particle accelerator for, to get them so much energy that... That they materialize on our plane. That they, yeah. And can't just fade out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um so, all Proton right. Pack. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I am not going to be the one that has a nuclear accelerator on my back. Just saying. Um, no, I'm not even going to be in the same general location as somebody with a backpack with it, a nuclear accelerator in it. It, it. it is a little too easy to cross the streams. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yes, yes uh, it is. <laughs> yeah, so, um, anyways. Uh, well, that does it for the stories. Uh, we are going to go to commercial break. And when we come back, we will be hitting up the Midwest and urban legends from all across. Uh, I've got eight states uh, right now. I know Dave's got a bunch more. So we're going to hit this hard. So we'll be back right after this commercial break. Hi, Tom Bodette. If you can hear me, then you have an internet connection, which means you can do cool things online, like listen to streaming radio, obviously, or watch a video of a monkey washing a cat. Let your freak flag fly. Or you can book a room at a great price at motel6.com. Isn't the internet wonderful? Everything you want right at your fingertips and whoa. 
did not need to see that. <clears throat> I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Northern Tooling Equipment. So me and the boys head out to tailgate today and find some other fans in our spot. Well, it happens. Yeah, cheering for the wrong team. Oh, this is war. Even worse, they've got this couch set up and everything. A couch? Yeah, it's a uh, sectional. All right, first thing, don't ever use the word sectional again. Done. Second, I want you to grab a 4,700-pound tow chain with J-hook and grab hammer. Throw that on the back of your truck. Got it. Now you're going to hail Mary the J-hook over the end of that couch. Time to find a better spot for your new friends. That should do it. There's no problem. A little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the wacky waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters, and you're listening to Dave and Mike on the Odyssey Files. It's not the best show you're ever going to listen to, but it's also probably not the worst. And we are back. You are listening to the Odyssey Files here on the Cosm Network and the IronRangeRadio.com Network. I'm your host, Michael O'Neill. With me still is Mr. David Soaring. Hi, Dave. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Hopefully we won't freeze up. Hi Jenny. Hi well, Amy. I, th- I think that it was um probably just bad service for a second there because I, I could see my my little bars or whatever like going down to orange and then popping right back up and then going back down to orange and popping right back up. So it's the great local internet. Yeah, well this is 
spectrum spectrum country. Spectrum country. I would trade it in a heartbeat for, I, for Xfinity. I was thinking um, we need to call Tom Bodette and start scoring some like package deals on Motel Six rooms since we're advertising them. And Northern Tool, we need to get like some Christmas gift cards. I, I, I could I could go for the gift cards. Um, Motel Six can stay empty for <laughs> for. All, <laughs> For all I care. It, Come it, on it, now. We're promoting Motel 6. We're doing Motel 6 ads. Can't say anything bad about our sponsors. North, all right, let's skip Motel 6 for right now. It's a great ad, though, because he's got that great kind of hokey country voice. But um, but I think that some northern tool and equipment gift cards, like 250 bucks a piece, sound appropriate for all of the promotional <laughs> advertising we've done for him. Yeah. Right, it's a good start for the first year. We'll get right on that. All right. So um, here we have part two of three. So we we did East Coast Urban Legends last week. Now we're we're moving further into um, further into the country, or as Dave likes to put it, Arizona, Utah. You know. Based on- I'm just going to defend. I'm going to defend myself here, right? So Arkansas technically is part of the Midwest because it's right below Missouri which is right below Iowa, which is right below Minnesota. Yeah. So, yeah, Louisiana, yeah. that's all in this map. Yeah, that's all the Midwest. So, like, the yes. East Coast, yes, the East Coast ends, to me, the East Coast starts at the edge of Indiana. Like, Indiana, Ohio's not the Midwest. No. So, like, the East lot, side of Indiana A lot of people consider down, Ohio you, to be part of the Midwest, but it's not. It's not. No, it's not. That's the East Coast. Um, so Indiana straight down that would cut Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama kind of in half and, you know, includes Georgia, obviously Florida, and it cuts Michigan kind of in half, but Arkansas, which I got yelled at last week is directly in the Midwest. Yes. Yes, it is. Cause if you take the mid, cause North Dakota, South Dakota would be the edge of the Midwest to me. And if you take that straight down, that includes Texas even. And I, and really, I didn't look up any. I'm going to leave Texas for the West because to me, Texas is the West. I don't know why. Oh, I, it just always I, has I, been. Well, But I didn't pull anything from Texas for this week. So I did because I thought that okay. I, I thought that this what the site that I was on had for Texas, I did not think was like Texas, you know, in, in quotes, like a Texas thing. Like I thought it was just a paranormal in general thing because People are having these experiences all over the place. So for it to be like centered in Texas, I, I guess threw me for a little bit of a loop. But we can uh, well, we can get. The, we why can don't get you why don't oh. you start with that one then? Okay, all right. Yeah, why don't you start with Texas? And then so, yeah, that's good because then I, I can I'll look and see what you're talking about. And then obviously, because now I'm curious as to what you found for Texas. So so Texas, uh, black eyed children. So something Ooh. something that we have right. something that we have, we have talked, talked about, about many times, tons of times. We we get asked the, uh, about them. Um, we've had people write in who have had experiences with them, and they're not all they're not all in Texas. So to to see that Texas in some way was, I guess, like the 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 quote unquote origin of it uh, was a little. A little weird, but so 
obviously scary movies, TV shows, they're always talking about kids popping out of cornfields and stuff like that. And, and kind of this is, I think, where like the Black Eyed Children really came into existence. But, um, you know, I guess the first documented case of Black Eyed Children came in 1996. I remember this. Um, a reporter by the name of Brian Bethel, he was uh, at a in a parking lot of Al- Albaline? I can't Abilene. Abilene. Abilene, Texas. Abilene, Abilene Texas, yep. Um, he was at a movie theater, and uh, while he was f- uh, filling out a, a check, two young kids uh, who this Brian said between 9 and 12 approached his car and knocked on the window and asked for a ride home to grab cash back for the movie. And the, 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 the children who Bethel was like, yeah, you know, whatever, totally unnerved by him said they didn't, (laughs) they didn't have a gun, which was weird in Texas. I give you that much. I think every 10 year old, they get a, at least one revolver for their 10th birthday. Um, you know, (laughs) he said they didn't have a gun. Or the kids yeah. claim they didn't have a gun. Well, so the sense itself... The, kid, the kids must have... The, the children who totally unnerved Bethel claimed they didn't have a gun. And then okay. in, in so, parentheses, it, it says weird, right? And yes, yes, it is. That is weird. Yeah, so the so the kids were claiming they didn't have a gun. Right. Which so, I, would, I wouldn't even think. If a 9 to 12-year-old age child approached my vehicle or was asking for a ride home to get cash... So they, because they forgot their cash, so they could like drive home real quick, grab it, and come back to the movie theater to see the movie. I, them having a firearm would be the last, absolute last thing on my mind. It Honest would, to God, like I would. And we're, not, think, and we're not packing. We're not packing, Mister. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. If a, if a ten <laughs> if a ten year old came up to me and was like, you know, can can you please give me a ride home? Don't worry, Mister. I don't have a gun. The first thing that I'm going to say is, you definitely got a gun. He's, he's got a gun because <laughs> he just pointed out the fact he didn't have a gun, so he's packing. He's got he, heat. He's no going to kill me. So yes, um, but yeah, you're going to get taken out by a ten year old kid for popcorn so, money for the movie theater. Right. So he finally made eye contact with them, and both kids had coal black eyes um, that. Bethel uh, later described the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night television. But so I guess if the original story, the first story of Black Eyes Kids was in Texas, I guess I can understand that. But that has grown so far. Yeah. You know, up up the Midwest, you know, it's no longer a Texas issue. That may be the first the first story recorded, but that's definitely not where all the sightings come from. Um, no, cause I remember when we, we did a show or at least we do, we talked quite a bit, a couple different times, I think on black eyed kids. And for certain, there were some pretty legit sounding stories that were coming out of like Kentucky mm-hmm. and Tennessee, like in that, that neck of the woods. You know, where people, they were knocking on people's doors saying, hey, you know, we need a ride. Can we call our parents? Something happened. You know, we got dropped off or somebody forgot to take us home or 
something like that, where they were preying on your sense of, oh my God, I'm an adult and this child needs help. And it's dark out and it's the middle of the night and they're all alone. You see, Sure, come on in. Let, let that be a lesson to all adults who are listening to this. Don't help kids. They're only going to kill you. I'm not really? even going to comment on that. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, like, I was expecting some sort of reaction to that. I'm not, even, like, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just very, like, yeah, okay. Mike said it. The hate mail, you'll see the Odyssey Files radio Gmail uh, address will come up at the bottom here. Right. So, uh, for, for, so for anybody who wants to send hate mail, please, please send it to the calling care of Kim Juarez. Uh, she takes care of all that stuff for us. So, yeah, yeah. Either that or Jerry at Sims. There are two go-to uh, people to handle all of our complaints. All right. <clears throat> so I, I like that, Black Eyed Kids. So that's a good one. I mean, that's – I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm not really sure that I want to ever meet a Black Eyed Kid. Okay. For multiple different reasons. But if I ever did, knowing what we know – and knowing who I am, I would take it to another level. Like I would, like I don't know, grab the kids and hold them hostage or something, or something like something. Like I wouldn't hold them hostage, you know. But I would, I would detain them until I could get mo- as many witnesses as I possibly could to wit to witness this this manifestation of whatever these kids are. Whether they're demonic, whether they're alien, whether they're some type of interdimensional being like a shadow person who just can kind of materialize. I think that they're more of a malevolent spirit just for the fact that they have no good intention and that a lot of the stories that we heard and read and talked about, like the feeling was that like the people felt really weird around them. They looked really weird. You know, it was the whole cross the threshold. And can I cross the threshold into your house and use your phone? And I'm big on thresholds. I have been for years. You know, that kind of goes back to some of the vampire shit where if you cross a threshold, if you allow a vampire to enter your house, you're screwed. Because now that vampire can come and go anytime it wants to out of your property because you allowed it to come over the threshold of your home. So you're giving permission, permission to some type of being to enter your home. And if any of that vampiric lore is true, then these kids potentially, if you let them in, would be able to manifest or come back anytime they wanted to. And that's a scary thought right there. Like I don't ever want to wake up and see a couple of nine year old girls standing in my room with coal black eyes. Cause you didn't right away. I'm, you know, the Holy water, the cross is coming out. The Holy water is coming out and I'm invoking Jesus's name. Like the neighbors are going to get woken up. Full disclaimer: I don't yeah. want nine-year-old girls of any eye color to suddenly appear in my bedroom. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point too. <laughs> Full disclaimer. Okay. Full disclaimer. Full disclaimer. Right. Yeah, I don't. Want I wasn't even going there, in, but in my room. Period. Just right. Throwing that out. Okay. Continue. Right. All right. Okay, so that's all I got for that. So, but I, I think I think there's something to black-eyed kids. I think it's a legitimate manifestation of something that is happening that is odd. It's mysterious. It's paranormal. It's interesting. But I think honestly, my gut tells me 
It's one of those things like the hornet's nest. You know, you just want to see them, let them come and go, let them move on and do their own thing. Don't engage them. Don't participate with them. Just leave them be. If you poke the hornet's nest, you're going to stir shit up and then God knows what's going to happen. So, all right. So mine is, uh, my first one is coming out of Oklahoma. It is a location called the Shaman's Portal. Uh, And the story goes like this. So there's something strange afoot in Beaver Dunes Park, located in the panhandle of Oklahoma. The dunes are home to a legend involving the Spanish explorer Coronado, mysterious late night military excavations, men in black encounters, and enough mysterious disappearances to warrant the nickname Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle. Didn't think we'd bring up another triangle, but I found one. <laughs> there's always uh, a triangle. I found another triangle, man. I never heard of Oklahoma's Triangle, but you're going to tonight. So the story goes uh, that Coronado traversed the area on his quest to discover New World gold. And while he was doing that, he ignored the warnings of his Native American guides to keep away from the dunes. The price he paid was to have three members of his expedition suddenly vanish before his eyes and every other person's eyes who was there amidst amidst strange flashes of green lightning. And you know that just brings chills when I read that the first time because that is the weird green lightning shit that I see. And I wonder if somehow this is the same green lightning that I have witnessed half a dozen times. I, I don't know. But I, I got a really big itch to go to Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle next spring or summer. Uh, so anyway, a description Coronado himself penned in his expedition diary, calling the phenomenon, in quotes, right from Coronado's mouth, the work of the devil. Known by natives as the shaman's portal, the area has since been blamed for numerous alleged disappearances, especially in the last century or so. Uh, Locals have claimed to witness mysterious military excavations conducted under the cover of darkness. In the 90s, after receiving reports of unspecified strange findings from an Oklahoma State University archaeologist, one Dr. Mark Thatcher is said to have spent three years studying the area until he was shut down by men with military credentials who fit the description of the notorious men in black. It's unclear whether Thatcher was part of another unidentified university geological team who is said to have studied the area in the mid-90s. This team supposedly took a number of geological samples and found strange anomalies that included ionized soil and electromagnetic interference. All of this has led to some believe that an ancient alien spacecraft lies buried beneath the dunes. Uh, Flying saucer isn't the only thing believed to be buried down there. Apparently, the area is also a Native American burial ground. And as we all know, that building anything on a Native American burial ground is generally a bad idea. Um, There's claims that, uh, you know, some of the theories that are out there about the disappearances, and there's a lot of weird lights that are sighted, that uh, the locals claim, and some of the people that have studied it say, that it's a portal to another dimension. Uh, They think, you know, the question about those missing people were, Were those people transported to another location with that green lightning or were they incinerated by it? Uh, And one of the last questions that's kind of running around out there was, was this some kind of Native American magic meant to protect the tribal gold from greedy European explorers like Coronado? Hmm. So we got the Oklahoma Triangle. Sounds like an interesting area. Like a potential road trip. It's not that far away. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only like, you know, 15, 16 hours. It's eight up. No, is it that far? Well, Kansas City is eight hours from here. And Oklahoma is probably another six from there, maybe. Yeah. We'll have to so. look it up. Well, you. I was thinking if it could be like a day, a day drive, drive down there, stay a couple days, and then drive back, make it like a long weekend. Eh, no, probably not. Um, all right, so I'm I'm going to go to Missouri because Missouri because there's something there called Zombie Road. I already like it. So it's a a, a dark canopied trail. That is running through uh, Wildwood, Missouri, which is just outside St. Louis. And apparently, um, it's got a lot of creepy tales that people have been talking about for ages, which mostly revolve around shadowy human figures following and frightening those along the trail. So, I don't understand just with that why it's called Zombie Road, because this seems to be shadow figures. So it should be like Shadow Road or something like that. You would think so. But, Somebody didn't uh, give, it, give it a very good name. Well, I'm sure that they wanted to make it creepy. So it was originally built uh, as an access road for gravel quarries along the Merrimack uh, River that then fell into uh, disuse and disrepair back in the 70s. So when that happened, naturally, the teenagers... Have you ever realized how many of our urban legends and stories and like paranormal issues and problems all center and start with teenagers. Yeah. There's some teenage issues going on. One of my stories has is focused around teenagers too. Hmm. Hmm. There's a lot, you know, you remember back when you were a teenager and maybe not for you as much, but for some reason now, you know, teenagers, there's a lot of, like, hormonal flux going on. Like, people are, you know, a lot of conflict in their – potential conflict in their lives and stuff Hold like on. that. I mean, I had I had kind of a – you know, I don't know. Mine wasn't that normal, I guess, if I think back on it. So – wasn't full real, of conflict, though, either. So. Right, right, right. So just real quick, why yeah. not so much for me? Because you're you're – like nothing ever happens to you. Like your life is this, just this level. It's just level. You're just, you're just there. Nothing, nothing good, nothing bad. You just walk. It's kind of, it's kind of true. You walk from, you know? from point A to point B. You don't really right. have much influence or reason to continue living. So, no, 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 no. You're taking it down some like malicious path. That's not a malicious comment. It's you have a very level existence on the planet Earth. You have your little bumps. You have your little hills where you got a little up day and you got a little down day. But you're you're pretty much on a level f- playing field. And there are and some teenagers, probably more than not, m- their lives are more like, uh, you know, somebody having a heart attack in an ER on, a, you know, Electrogram, you know they got these peaks and valleys that are ridiculous, you know, and that and I think that that's could be hormones, could be societal pressures, could be bullying, could be bad parenting, could be a lot of shit. 
you know, there's a ton of reasons why kids have issues. I, I, I will let you know right now that I had yeah. a, a, a very active teenage years. Now my life is level because I'm smarter than I was back then. Uh, okay. So. Well, I know you now. Like I've known you for the last decade. I didn't know you as a teenager. So There you go. There you go. Talking about stuff you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Yep. That's not like something we do every Monday night. Talk about stuff that we don't completely understand. All right. So uh, just just really just just really quick. I I did hear back yep. from 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 Doug. Yeah. Um. So he he laughed and he says I've lost hours at times, but I think that's yeah. Just I, I know he's, we've talked about that. Right. So I said. Dave said it took him 11 minutes to do what always takes him like three, and he lost that time. We're wondering if aliens have become so efficient that they can abduct people in 10 minutes instead of two hours, and no one we know gets abducted more often than you. <laughs> and he said, he laughed again. He said, we'll, we'll have him start wearing uh, thicker tinfoil underwear. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Doug, for that advice. And, I, and right. I'm... Even though I really don't want to see it, I'm dying to see a picture of Doug standing around in some tinfoil boxers. Well, uh, I really was... don't want to see it, but I will look at it just for just for the humor I will... point of it. <laughs> I don't want to see it, but I will look at it. <laughs> but I don't really want to see it, but I will look at it just for the humor part of it. I understand. Um, all right, oh. so let's 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 come home. Let's uh, let's do Minnesota because. I had never heard of this one. You you just did you just did uh, oh no I'm sorry. No you you did one. Right I just did mine yes you're right go ahead. Man you just I was trying to over over <laughs> that's all it is just take my turn just constantly take my turn Dave. <laughs> no yeah uh, all right that's what so, it is so so this my new one, life goal. <laughs> this one was was titled the Hairy Man of Vergus Trail. I've never heard of Vergus Trail. Is this, this is Minnesota. But, this is Minnesota? Okay. Yeah, this is Minnesota. So this is the, the, the big Vergus. urban legend. Uh, the hairy man is that like of, Ber- Vergus. of Vergus Trail. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I so, that's up. Um, I'm going to look that up quick because that sounds really familiar. That almost sounds like that's up by where my family lives up by Osage. Maybe. I'm look um, it up quick while you're talking. Right. So, I mean, everything that, that is here just seems to be like the Minnesota Bigfoot and people have been claiming that for, for a long time. So eight feet musty spelling barefoot man with a reputation of being unnaturally aggressive, um, is a hell of a thing to consider encountering in the woods. So, uh, Ken Zitzo. Now that name vaguely rings from, maybe I'm thinking of Ken Barlow, (laughs) but, um, so he right. Made... So just to put it into perspective, okay. this is it's about uh, as the crow flies. It's about twenty miles south of Detroit Lakes. So that, okay. it's kind of where I thought it was. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, I know it sounded familiar, but no, I've never heard of the. I've never heard of the uh, something new to discover. Huh? Something new yeah. in Minnesota. I've never heard of the Vergus Hairy Man. The, I knew the, the name of the city was familiar, but yeah, the Hairy Man huh. of of Vergus Trail, but. Um, Right. Yeah, so so apparently this this Zitzow's person uh, was driving in the woods with, and um, he had dents all over his car, and he said the hairy man 
jumped onto the road and began pounding the hood. So nobody really knows where, where this urban legend originated. Uh, people have been claiming it from back in the 60s into the 70s. Um, obviously, I think now the hairy man turned into you know Bigfoot or obviously just the uh-huh. hoax. Um, but uh, it says here, others say the hairy man is real and point to a mysterious skull discovered in the Vergus the Vergus Trail area that is human-like, but not humanoid. Interesting. I would like to need further definition of what that means. But Is that uh, like on a display in a museum somewhere? No. Apparently, this was the next sentence. It was discovered by a private citizen who didn't turn it over. So no one knows if it's human, Bigfoot, animal, or a hoax. Look at that person. Yeah, look at Keeping him. Keeping the shit for themselves. Uh, which means it's probably a hoax. Which means he made it up, and you know, trying to look for his fifteen minutes of fame without having to turn over any evidence. Yeah, probably. I mean, I look at stuff like that. Like, I would, I would believe that more now uh, than I would, let's say, in the sixties or seventies, or even the eighties. I think if something happened back in the late seventies into the eighties and the late sixties, mid whatever mid seventies, I don't really think people were looking for fifteen minutes of fame because until the internet came out, I you know, people were just living life. Well, they weren't I mean, making up like stories of you know maybe there were a handful of people doing it, but it wasn't rampant by any stretch of the imagination. Right, but it, it didn't really say when this skull was discovered. So the skull might have been discovered oh. in, in okay. 2015, for all we know. Okay, um, okay. all right. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a, a date on when the skull was actually found. Okay. Well, then I guess, you know, we'll just have to assume. When was the, uh, when was the guy, did it say when the guy was coming out of the woods? Like the with zit- his car all beat up? The Zitzow? Yeah. Um, no. Uh, Doesn't say that either. No, it just says nobody knows where this, like the the urban legend came from. He says the sightings trace back to the '60s, and had a significant increase in the '70s, and still happen from time to time. So, um, yeah, some say there's an old hermit living in the woods, but come on, eight feet. Let's go here. Come on. There ain't no and ain't, there ain't no eight yeah. foot hermit out there. No. And, you know, and I think a lot, I, okay. So I'm just going to say this, you know, I think a lot of times when people get scared, that's a really, I think when people get scared, that's a really hard thing is to accurately judge the size or weight of what they saw because you're in panic mode, you're in flight mode and you're not looking at what it is that is causing you to flee with a detailed eye trying to garner little nuances, look at the surrounding brush, look at the, you know, like a tree that might be nearby, be able to go back and say, yeah, well, it was, a, you know, its head would have hit this branch and then take a tape measure and measure the branch, you know, like, like I don't know what it is, finding Bigfoot or whatever, like with Bobo and those guys. I know they try and do reenactments of eyewitness stuff like that and they try to get some idea of the size of it. But I, I think when you're scared, I think it's hard as hell. I, if I saw something, I would, and if I saw two things 
let's say, and, and it scared the hell out of me. And one of them was nine feet. One of them was eight feet. And I saw them at different times in different spots. I don't know that I'd be able to tell you which one was eight feet, which one was nine feet, to be honest with you. I think I'd just be like, I saw this really huge thing. You know, I mean, it was huge. It was I mean, I'm six five, So if I see something eight feet, right, I'm going to be like, hell, the thing's a lot bigger than I am. You know, so it's got to be, if it's a lot bigger than I am, it's got to be at least seven and a half feet. Eight feet yeah. would be what I would guess. It's big, huge. You know, somebody who's somebody who's five six or five eight might see somebody that's six ten and think they're huge. So that's a tough they, one. But they would be they would be right. They would be right. Somebody who's six ten yeah, is a big person. It's tall. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. All right. So uh I am going to South Dakota. Nice. Um so the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota is being attributed to the presence of a walking Sam figure. Teenagers claim a slender, shadow-like spirit that they have dubbed Walking Sam appears before them and commands them to kill themselves. This kind of sounds like Slender Man to me a little bit. Uh, the first wave occurred in 2013 when five members of the Ogala Sioux tribe killed themselves and continued to spiral until Ogala Sioux Tribe Vice President Thomas Porbear discovered photos on Facebook in 2015 depicting nooses hanging from trees, revealing plans behind a teenage group's suicide. Uh, the, the Spectre archetype of Walking Sam is based on its roots, starting with the good old-fashioned boogeyman and working its way all the way down to the Slenderman, uh, folklore of 2008. The idea of shadow people is also pretty old-school Indian urban legends, going back further than history can care to track. However, the character of Walking Sam himself has existed among the Lakota and Dakota Native American tribes for some time now, with a record of him being described in Peter Matheson's In the Spirit of Crazy Horse back in 1980, sometimes known as Stovepipe Hat Bigfoot or Taku He. The character has been spotted by, Sioux, uh, by South Dakota Sioux and Little Eagle tribes as far back as 1974. So what makes this extremely sad, but extremely interesting, is if there is this malevolent force that's preying on the Native American tribes. Oh, let me pull it up so I got it right. Um, from December 2014 to May 2015, so six months, there were 103 suicide attempts by teenagers at Pine Ridge. Yep. That's that's something's wrong. I think I, I, I think that's just the tie pod challenge taken to extremes. No. No, I think there's something wrong. I think there's something going on on the reservation. Again, teenagers. Yeah, I know I get it. And the reservation obviously has their issues without getting into detail, but they have a lot of issues still on the reservations and the Native Americans obviously ran free and you know it was their country it was their world that we came and took but 103 in six months man that's that's a lot that's for one small lot. tiny that's and you're talking about one communal group of people we're not talking like everybody and like all the teenagers in south dakota we're talking one finite group of individuals 103 suicide attempts is a lot so 
I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say something's going on there. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say there's something going on there. There's enough weird stuff happening on the reservations, I think, with skinwalkers and with other Native American practices and earth spirits and, you know, things that things that the Native American people were scared of, you know, that we never even understood that they had their own terrors and their own demons. I, I think that there's something as for whatever reason has manifested on this reservation and is causing a lot of, a lot of uh, negative influence to say the least. So I pray that, uh, I pray that they, um, that that's been resolved or at least the suicide attempts have diminished or completely absolved. One of the two, let's say absolved instead of diminished because diminished would mean, you know, 80 instead of 103. Let's just hope that whatever it was, they cleaned the area. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily believe in this walking Sam. I think he's probably just like slender man made up and used as some sort of excuse to get people to do things. But that's just me. Um, so I, I, I want to tra- <clears throat> travel a little um, east to Wisconsin, God's country. Wisconsin. Little little bit of cheese goes a long way. In fact. Ooh, cheese curds, man. Yeah. In fact. Cheese curds. Extra cheesiness cheese-its. Delicious. So anyway. Have you know, I, Well, of course you haven't. But you should, because they're they're wonderful. Everybody should. So, I thought that Wisconsin would be the beast of Bray Road. Like I thought there would be no nothing else oh. that could that could possibly trump the folklore of the beast of Bray Road. That's but where I would have gone. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. Nope, nope. Apparently, there is another uh, folklore out there called the Rylander Hodog. The Rhinelander Hodog. Well, well, let me rephrase. The the Hodag. It's H O D A G. Hodag. Hodag. Okay. The Rhinelander Hodag. This. Uh, so I'm I'm going to describe this thing to you. And okay. it, it literally seems to me like something like if a, if a, if a child was like, "Daddy, read me a story." And the father didn't have any clue what to do or, or what story to read. So he just started spitting out a whole bunch of random shit. And the whole day okay. was born. So listen to this. Okay. okay. It's All a right. small it's a small creature that is simultaneously a frightening demon, but comically covered in spikes. It's often portrayed as a dog-sized. Um, often trade as being dog-sized, uh, but it can grow up to six feet long. The 1928 legend describes the Hodag as having the head of a frog, saber-toothed tiger-like fangs, thick legs with large claws, the back of a plated dinosaur, and a long tail with spikes on the end. 
So despite though, despite the hell spawn like little swagger that it has, never yeah. much never much of a threat to humans except its skunk perfume stench. Now, does that not sh- scream to you dad that doesn't know how to read a story? <laughs> yeah. I, I I like the I like the coat of armored spikes though. That's a cool touch. Comically covered in spikes. Yeah, I don't understand where the word comically plays in with a bunch of death spikes <laughs> on some sort of creature that is, is is supposed to be like some something out of your nightmare. I don't know where the word comically fits into that description, but I heard you, I heard you say it when you said it. But I, right. I like the whole like suit of spiked armor and like the spiked tail and stuff. That would be that would definitely if, if I saw something like that. That would definitely be one of those moments where I would like walk. I'd cross over to the other side of the road immediately. And walk on the other side of the road. Well, I don't think you have to because I, he's not—he's not much of a threat to humans. I mean, I know he has saber-tooth, tiger-like yeah, things. But he's—he's going to look. If he and, looks like that, though, he's going to be intimidating, and I'm not taking that chance because I can't right. run. So I'm not right, taking—I'm right. not even taking the chance. I'm crossing but, the other side of the road. But I'm just saying, he's got these tiger-like right. things. He's got large claws on his legs. He's got a tail that has spears on the end, which apparently he uses all of these things to, I don't know, crack open walnut shells because he's yeah. obviously not a threat to humans. Like Red every city th- of cats. Well, I applaud the Rylander Hodeg. I'm <laughs> fully in support of its endeavors and his goals in life. So <laughs> he was, he was sent there to be the cat terminator. Right, so this 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 green devil. So apparently he's green too. Uh, <laughs> he, he he was quote unquote discovered in 1893 by man by the name of Eugene Shepard, um, and instantly became a fixture in North Wisconsin folklore. Three years later, so three years after 18, 1896, Shepard claimed he had caught another and put it on display in the uh, Oneida County Fair. He had knocked it out with chloroform. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. He got he got that close to it that he just walked up to it and he was like, hey, check this out, and he chloroformed it, uh, this spiked predator. Right. So word spread fast okay. in, the, in the Smithsonian sent a reporter to look at the hot egg. Shepard quickly admitted it was a fraud. But Rylander never let it go. In fact, the high school mascot, uh, and there are multiple statues of the beast around town. So their high school mascot is the Hodan. Is the Hodan. Is the, is the Hodan. Gotcha. I'm going to have to uh, that up. That doesn't seem, terif- that doesn't seem terrifying anymore. <laughs> it lost its, that lost its creepiness. If you're gonna, if your if your high school mascot got named after this predatory beast uh, that showed up to wreak havoc, it's not yep. quite so scary anymore. I agree. Right. I agree. We uh, somewhere down the road here, we're going to do a show on the Smithsonian because there are so many stories, like good stories, that I have come across. Uh, of the Smithsonian showing up to locations where people report weird stuff and then taking over the site like men in black style. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
whatever the evidence was, it's just not there anymore. I think it's like the Vatican with religious objects. You know what I mean? Like the Vatican have their own police force, right? So like, let's say somebody's doing some excavation or there's this huge sandstorm and it opened and this, you know, this temple that was buried under a hundred feet of sand, uh, you know, all of a sudden like partially comes out of the sand. You know what I mean? It's always been there, but it's been covered. Nobody knew it was there. And all of a sudden now it shows up like, somebody goes in there and starts looking around and they find these ancient sacred objects. I think like the Vatican is like flying in black unmarked choppers, you know, and taking over the site, <laughs> shutting I, everything down, taking everything of value, taking it back to the Vatican. I, I and, think, and, and that's what the Smithsonian does. I, I think that's that, what they did. That, that Bigfoot lives at the Vatican. You think so? I do in the basement. He's got his own like little apartment. I, I'll tell you what, it'll never happen in my lifetime. But after I pass, that's one of the places I'm going is the Vatican catacombs. <laughs> and I might be able to tell you what I find. I might not. I don't know how it's going to work, but I am going to the Vatican catacombs because I want to see what the hell's down there. And I... I'm going to the Smithsonian because all the shit that's been stolen from all these reported oddities, like the giant people in Illinois. Uh, you know, were, were hundreds, like the whole town witnessed the guy unearthed this giant being. And then they found other multiple bones in the field that were like, these people were like eight feet tall, giant heads. And and the Smithsonian showed up and when they left, like two days later, in the middle of the night, the field was cleaned out, <laughs> you know. So I don't know, man, there's weird shit going on. And they're hiding the truth from us. That's the but I, I like that. Maybe while I go to the, I go to the Vatican when I uh, when I get there, I'll see if uh, I see if you're right, and I'll let I, you know. I'm going to add that to my list of EVP questions. Is you'd be like, hey, has anybody here been to the Vatican catacombs? Can you tell me what's there? It'll be good. That's a good question. Thank you. That is a good question. Um, all right. So moving on. Um, a place I've been in Indiana, the 100 step cemetery uh, cemetery is located in the town of Brazil, Indiana. Uh, it's as though the actual official address is actually disputed, whatever I've been. Uh, well, it's not clear where the stories about the cemetery haunting began. There are gravestones that date back to the 1860s. So I was there in the eighties. Uh, and again, in 92. Um, so I've been there twice. The legend states that if someone finds themselves in the cemetery at midnight, uh, which we were both times, they must climb the steps and count to 100. At this point, a ghost of an undertaker will appear and show the person a vision of their death. Nice. On the way back down, the, yeah, on the way back down, the visitor is supposed to count the steps again. If they count the same amount of steps, the vision was false. Uh, people who visited the steps in the past have tried to outsmart the supernatural four story in 100 steps by avoiding the steps altogether. And those people have reportedly been knocked or shoved to the ground by unseen forces. I have done the two, uh, two times I've done the hundred steps and both times I didn't meet the undertaker. But the cemetery itself has got a very creepy vibe. It's an old cemetery out in the middle of the woods. And yeah. 
It's got a creepy vibe. Yeah. As a teenager's first time I went out there, it was creepy. Look at that. Another teenager. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, it was a little, you know, it was an old, it's an old cemetery. So it's like Vicksburg, right? I don't know if you've been to, have you been to Vicksburg yet? I have not actually. Uh Uh-uh. All right, so Vicksburg is a great location. It's active as hell, um, but again, it's it's an older cemetery like that, and, and only a couple of dozen tombstones, um, and it's out in the woods, and it's just it's got that vibe to begin with when you walk in there. It's not unpleasant. It's just a vibe of like you're on guard, you know, like you like there's energy there, and you're not quite sure if the energy is going to play nice or not. Is kind of what the feeling is, and that's kind of what that's kind of what the Hundred Step Cemetery was too. But neither time did I meet the meet the Undertaker, Undertaker, and nobody I was with got shoved to the ground. But I Shocker. didn't really know if anybody was trying to trying to cheat and not walk down the steps like on the way back down. I wasn't really paying attention. It's almost like that story was completely made up. There's a lot of people in that in that area in that general locale that'll tell you there's a lot of weird shit that happened at that cemetery. But not in Undertaker's... We talk to people. Well, you know, that's the story as the Undertaker shows up, and there are people who claim that they have seen him and that they saw their death, and then I had a guy tell me how he was going to die. Second time I went there was in my 20s. Um, Because I... And we, we stopped in town, and I, you know, just started at the gas station. I started talking to people about, you know, going to the cemetery and what happens, and, you know, some couple of the kids that were working at the gas station were like, oh... Man, you can't go there. You know, there's bad stuff happens there, you know. And then there was an older guy who was there and he's like, nah, you know, I've I've done it and you know, I, I met the Undertaker. I saw how I'm gonna die. I know when it's coming, so I'm living my life doing what I want to do because I know what's gonna happen. I'm like, okay. So that kind of got me excited to go find out because that's one of the things I've always said I'm willing to know. Tell me when I'm gonna die. If I'm going to live to 75 or 85 or 65 or 56, let me know. Not that it's going to necessarily change what I do, but at least, you know, a couple of years before I'm going to go, I'm going to start doing some traveling, trying to get some shit done off my bucket list that I haven't done. <laughs> so, right. And you don't have to worry about how many cheeseburgers you have or how much pasta you eat. Well, what, ha- what happens if Right. What happens if what happens if the way that you died is by a heart attack because you ate a whole bunch of cheeseburgers, beer, and, and pasta? Yeah, but if it happens at seventy five and I get twenty years of just gorging on food I love, okay. I'm not trying to set the human record for longevity. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. If I know I got, if I know I'm going to die like on June first when I'm set on my seventy fifth year. Trust me, I'm I'm gonna enjoy life for the next you know twenty years if I knew that. True, but what? So happens? I've always said I'm I always said I'm willing to know. I'm not afraid to know. Just like I've always said, I'm not afraid to be told the truth. And we, you know, when we had the roundtable, I'm not afraid to know. If the government wants to pull me into a, a group of a hundred people and say, you know what, Dave, you, you know, you've always said you're not afraid to know. We're gonna tell you all the truths that are out there. Then tell me. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to freak out. Nope. You know, I mean, I'm not going to lose my mind. You Give know, me the tell knowledge. Me the truth. Right. Give me the knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. I'll be on. A, I'm sure I'll be on like an assassination hush order. You know, we're like, you know, oh yeah, we're going to tell you. But I mean, if you ever talk about it, the guys in the black van are coming, and you're going to live in the caverns in Utah. Oh no, you know, you, you die within a the rest of your life of a car accident. So yeah, or you yeah, some mysterious black ooze would be coming out of your mouth when they found you. Oh, he had a he had kidney failure, instantaneous. Mm-hmm. That's just, but don't worry about that black stuff coming out of his mouth. That's nothing. Happens. <laughs> That's normal time. for kidneys. When the kidneys go bad, that happens. <laughs> he just, he just, he just ate some bad dates. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. He had some unripe dates. Took his ass right out. Uh, alrighty. Well, that does it for this episode of the Odyssey Files. Uh, we'll be back next week with another phenomenal episode um, where we will talk about it went, West. Coast. It went too fast. It went too fast because I got like eight states left. Well, like with some good stories too. Well, apparently borders don't mean anything. So you know. We'll just have to share the good ones next week, too. What does that mean? I told you, Arkansas. <laughs> Look at the map. It's in the Midwest. It is. But you did it as the East Coast last week. So, obviously. Oh, you're right. I did, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Never mind. And it, yeah. Thank you. Border smarters. <laughs> Apology accepted. So, uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode. So, and a bunch of stories. So again, if you wanna if you wanna write us in so we don't have to go to Reddit, uh odysseyfilesradio at gmail.com. Look forward to any of your stories, any of your questions, go ahead and send them in. Um we'll be happy to uh do it. If you really want to get me going, make sure it has a cat. That's all I say. So some affiliation with a cat. Yeah. There you Just go. type the word cat in there, even if the cat doesn't have nothing to do with the story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just just throw um, the word cat in there anywhere. Yeah, it's all fine. All right. So everybody stay safe, stay healthy. We want to see you back here next week. Uh, have a great night. <laughs>